Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. What's up, Calvary Church Online? So good to be with you. My name is Phil Mion. I'm the youth pastor here at Calvary. And it's so awesome that we get to worship together, open up God's word together, and just enjoy our online community. And why don't you do this real quick? Why don't you give a shout out to where you're watching from? We got leaders on the on the chat. We got friends on the chat. We got family on the chat. And we want you to know that you are loved. We're with you. And welcome to our online community, our family. And if you're joining us for the first time, uh, seriously, we mean this with all of our hearts here at Calvary. We're so glad. We're so honored that you would join us on a Sunday. Uh, that we would hope our prayer would be that you feel at home. That I know we're not meeting physically and, and you can't really see us face to face. Unless uh, just me right now. But... There's people in the comments, there's people in the chats that you can consider family. We're with you. If you need prayer, if you need anything, the church is here for you. So if you're watching for the first time, welcome. We're so pumped that you're here. And uh, it's going to be an awesome Sunday. And if you uh, have your Bibles, can you go to Psalm 27? We're going to be looking at two verses. So it should be a short preaching. Says every preacher ever. Um, Two verses. It's going to be verses 13 and 14. And uh, if you're taking notes, the title of my message is, What Do You Do When God Makes You Wait? What Do You Do When God Makes You Wait? And uh, I don't know about you, but we are in a crazy waiting season. This is probably the the craziest waiting season of the history of mankind uh, because we are waiting for when are things going to get back to normal? When are we going to get back into the swing of things with work, with just society with everything that's happening right now. When is when are we going to be COVID nineteen free? Like it's a waiting game uh, that's never been seen before. And I think a lot of us, with uh, just in life in general, I know me personally. When Calvary Youth, we start our YouTube channel, we're on fire, we're ready to go. It's amazing. We're doing YouTube, but after a couple of weeks, it's like okay, more online, more online. Yeah. And it's tough when you first get excited about something. Weeks go by, and you're like okay. It's awesome, but I'm waiting for us to get back to yeah. meeting normally. And it could be this tension of I'm waiting, I'm frustrated, I'm, I'm irritated. So what is my response in this waiting season? I really believe this, that this waiting season is very crucial in our life. And what we do during this season is going to determine what happens in the next season of our life. And so, again, I, I'm getting a little early ahead of the notes, but I just wrote this down on my notes. And I, and I just felt like God dropped this into my heart. And it says this, how we wait during this season of life determines how we walk in the next. And so we are in the crate. I mean, this is insane. The waiting season that we're in, like we all can agree that that this is, this has been tough. It's because it's not just been one, two months. I mean, we are going on who knows. I mean, things are, the the, the numbers are starting to rise in COVID and the government starting to make decisions and we could be waiting a little bit longer. And so how is our attitude going to be? How is our spirit going to be? How is our passion going to be? Because how we wait is going to determine how we walk in the next season of our life. And so waiting and how to wait, how to wait on Jesus, how to wait, how to have that spirit during this season is crucial. And so I want to look at these two verses and what they do and what they have to pertain with waiting. And what King David is trying to show us is the attitude and the mindset we need to have in a waiting season. And so it's two quick verses, Psalm 27, verses 13 and 14. He says this, I will remain confident of this. 
I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. If you want to highlight, I will see. It's a great attitude to have right there. I will see. The situation that I'm in doesn't determine my, my vision, what I see, what I'm expecting. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. It says this in verse 14. He says, wait for the Lord, be strong and take heart, and again, wait for the Lord. Amen. So these two verses, I believe, give us the mindset, the attitude, the strategy we need in the waiting season that we're in in life right now. And so if you're tired, you feel like you're weak, you feel like you're... You're at wit's end. You feel like mentally you're drained and you're feeling like God has abandoned you. You feel like God has nowhere to be seen and you're waiting for nothing and you feel like there's no hope. I hope that these two verses would come alive in your spirit this Sunday. And so if you're, if you're, with, if you're watching, why don't you pray with me as we ask God to bless our time together. Lord Jesus, we thank you for today. Thank you for online church. Thank you for the online community. Thank you for everybody that is tuned in right now to watch and to hear your word being preached. I pray, Lord Jesus, that these two verses that, that ultimately you are speaking to us would just sit in our spirit that during this waiting season, we would be expectant and we would also have strength to persevere, to keep going, not to give in, not to give up. That on, on the other side of this waiting season is a blessing, is opportunity, is more. Lord Jesus, you haven't left us. You're with us. You're, you, you are our source of strength and energy. Help us to lean on you more than ever in our entire life. Help us to deepen our faith during this season, not to throw in the towel, not to give up, but now is the prime opportunity to dig into a deeper relationship with you like never before, to get into your word like never before, to worship you like never before, to really take our relationship with you to the next level and not give in. So that we love you. And we know that you are the answer. You're the hope that we need, Lord Jesus. And I pray for anybody watching for the first time that doesn't know you, Jesus, that they would realize by the end of this message that you are the hope. You are the answer that they've been, that they've been searching for, that they've been seeking. And it's not politics. It's not, it's not the president. It's not, it's not anything that's happening in society right now. It's not social media. It is you. You are the answer they need. So Lord, we love you and we thank you. You know me pray. Amen. 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 So if I had to guess... I would say that majority of us don't enjoy waiting. I think uh, we can all agree in this room. Yes. We don't like to wait. Um, I know my wife doesn't like to wait when I have to get ready because, you know, I'm very picky with my outfits and I'm not ashamed to say it. And uh, it is what it is. I like to look good for my wife and uh, look good, feel good, preach good. And so, and uh, she, I know, doesn't enjoy that. But waiting, I don't think any of us enjoy that, like that process of having to sit and wait for something. Like, for example, um, I know a lot of us struggle with, you know, especially when we're texting somebody, our phone, we're, we're on the phone, we're texting somebody, someone just gave us some good juicy drama and we're texting them, we're like, oh my gosh, girl, what happened with this boy? Uh -uh. And our phone dies. And now we have to wait for it to charge, which seems like eternity in this society, yeah. to get back to that conversation. Or waiting, this is probably the worst one, waiting in traffic in Miami to get home. Yeah. Yeah. Or to get anywhere. Yeah. You see, in Kendall, everything's close by, so there's really not that issue. If you live in Cutler Bay and Hialeah and all these other places, it's horrendous. But traffic, waiting in traffic, is, it, it, it's, it's brutal here in Miami. Or another example, like if you're a big Disney person, shout out to all the Disney fans. It's crazy that 40-year-olds uh, are in steps with Disney. It's, it's okay. It's, it's all right. But waiting in line for Disney rides... It's like, I'm going on this ride for what's going to be probably about a minute, but I wait three hours to get on it. It's wait and wait and wait, or worse is waiting for COVID to disappear for us to get back to normal. So we can go to the beach, get our tan on, and, and get back to how normal life was. 
It's waiting. We're always waiting for something. And I feel like the reason why waiting is so difficult and it can be so frustrating is because society is very impatient. We live in a very impatient society. Like the microwave is probably the most used tool in the kitchen in the world because why? It's quick. You put it in, you put it in there for two minutes, your food comes out ready to go, full of radiation. But that's not the case. And so we're in an impatient society. We are always in a hurry, especially in Miami. It's go, 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 go here. I got to go pick up my kid to go to soccer practice. I got to go pick him up from school. And then I got to go home and I got to get out of practice, go pick him up. And it's just chaos. We're driving everywhere. I got to do groceries. I got to do this, this, and that. And we feel like we're never stopping. And so the moment we have to wait for something, it's like, whoa, this is not part of my life. This is not part of my normal schedule. And I don't feel comfortable. I feel weird. I have anxiety. I get stressed because I'm waiting when I'm used to going, going, going. I feel like in society, we're always in a hurry to get to the next place or the next thing. And if we're not careful, church, what happens is that mentality, that rush mindset starts to seep in or creep in into our relationship yeah, with sure. God. Wow. And when we become impatient with society, we become impatient with family, we become impatient with everything around us because we're so used to grab. I mean, literally, you go to Netflix and you can watch 15 shows and not have to wait for anything. So true. And we get so used to when we don't wait, it's like, this is what my life is. And the moment we have to wait, it's stressful. And what happens is what we realize is when our relationship with God is that God really isn't in a hurry much. And so we're in a hurry in the moment we bring our request to Jesus and realize that Jesus isn't in a hurry and he's going to do his time because his timing is perfect. Right. We start to feel, well, okay, well, I prayed about this last week. Why hasn't it been answered? Or I've been searching for this thing, this healing that I need, this provision that I need, and I feel like Jesus isn't providing. Mm. Why am I waiting for so long? Mm. It's because we're always in a hurry. And the problem is, I think, is this, that when God makes us wait, we tend to wander. Like when God makes us wait, we, we tend to wander. And what, what I mean is that we ask God for something, and the moment it leaves our lips, we look at our watch and say, okay, let's see when God's yeah, going to do true. this. Let's see when God's going to provide. Let's see when God's going to bring the love of my life into my life. When is God going to yeah. provide for my family? When is God going to bring that healing? When is God going to help me with my mental health? With my mental health? When is it going to come? Yeah. I'm, like I'm, Time is ticking. When is God going to answer? Yeah. And when we start waiting weeks, and weeks, and then weeks start becoming months, and sometimes even years, we start to feel, well, if God is not going to answer me, then I'm not going to wander anymore. I'm just going to make my own decisions. Yeah. Wow. And we feel like we're in limbo. We feel like we're just like, well, I'm waiting for God, and God's taking his sweet time. Well, I'm just going to go over here and, and take matters into my own hands. Or I'm going to talk to my friends about what I should do instead of seeking the counsel of God. Because I've been waiting for God and he's not talking. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to wander around and try this avenue. I'm going to try this avenue. I'm going to talk to these friends. I'm going to do this, this, and this, and that. And because when God makes us wait, we are prone. There's a tendency to just wander and do our own things. And it's like, well, God, you must be mad at me. You must be on a do not disturb or something because I feel like I've been waiting forever and he has not answered me. And we feel hopeless, we feel directionless, we feel confused. And so we're just going to wander off and do our own thing. And I wonder right now in this season of like major waiting, have you wandered off from Jesus? Have you just been so impatient that you're no longer going to wait for Jesus and you're going to do things in your own manner? Can I tell you that's a very dangerous path to take during this season? Because it's in this season, I'd argue, we need Jesus more than ever. Because we can wander, not just not just by ourselves, but mentally, we can wander to places of negativity and depression and anxiety that don't that, that shouldn't be, that we shouldn't feed our souls because we feel like God has given up on us. So we're just gonna do things in our own way. And what we're doing is we're opening the door for more stress and anxiety. And so the question becomes: okay, when God makes me wait, or in this waiting season, 
what do I do? Like, what is Phil? What is my next step? What am I supposed to do? What's my attitude supposed to be? What is my, what is my next step? What is, what is, what choices do I need to make? What decisions? What do I do when God, what's my, what's my job, Phil, when God makes me wait? Well, here's what you have to understand. It's a big, it's a big responsibility for us to control our spirit and our attitude while we wait, because as a Christian, it is fundamental to learn how to wait because we're going to be doing a lot of it. Like as a Christian, if you are a believer in Christ, you are going to be waiting a lot because that is how God works. There's a purpose behind us waiting. There's a purpose behind everything that he does. And over and over and over again, you'll see in the word of God, he's going to ask you to wait. You have to wait on the Lord. There's going to be a waiting season. Not only are you going to have to wait, but people in the Bible, heroes of the faith, were asked to wait, not just minutes, but years and years of their life in areas in their life where they were in prison or they were in turmoil and they were waiting for God and it took years. It is a part of our faith. And here David in the Psalm, he knows about waiting. Literally the moment he was anointed king to the moment he sat on the throne, it was a 15 year process. It's a long time, especially when there was a lot of hype behind it. Because David's like, well, I'm king. I'm going to be king next week. I'm about to be on the throne tomorrow. And it's like, no, he had to wait 15 years before his butt sat on that throne. And so he had to wait and wait and wait. And what happens when we have to wait? Well, David tells us, you're going to have to wait, but here's the attitude. Here's the mindset that you need to have. And there's two things that he says. There's more, but two things in this specific scripture that he says. And the first one in verse 13 is expectation. You need to have expectation. And then in verse 14, it's strength. So in the waiting season of life, in the waiting season we're in right now, you need to make sure that you have expectation and you need to have strength. And so what is expectation? Look what he says in verse 13. He says, I will remain confident of this. I will see. Not I might see, not I could see. It's No, no, I will see. It's going to happen. I believe in it. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. It's going to happen. And so if if you look at your life, you have to ask yourself, in this moment of waiting, am I being passive? Or am I being expectant? Mm. How have I been? Am I being passive or have I been expectant? Passive people are, okay, I'm going to pray. I ask God, I need need this, I need this. And if you could do this, God, great. Boom, I put my order in and now I wait. But after a couple months or a couple weeks or a couple minutes, because we're passive, what we do is, well, okay, God didn't answer. I'm done. I give up. That's it. I'm off to the next thing. I'm going back, to, like you just, you throw in the towel. That's it, you're done. And the problem with passive people is they have a lot of wishbone, but not a lot of backbone. Wow. And so what that means is that you could throw out something to God and you're going to wish it and you're going to pray it, but there's no backbone to say, you know what? Even though it's been two years, it's been three years, I believe that God loves me so much because he sent his son Jesus on the cross for me. And he said the ultimate sacrifice, if he's willing to do that, then I know he's with me. So guess what? I'm not going to be passive. I'm going to have some backbone to say, I'm going to wait as long as it takes because I know God is for me. And so are you passive? Are you expecting expecting is I will see, I will see, I believe it. I know I prayed about it last year and I know God is taking his time, but his time is perfect. So it's going to happen. It's around the corner. It's going to happen. I'm not giving up because I know there's no other answer. There's no other, there's no other avenue. I've tried the world. I've tried the culture and I know, and I can lean on the cross of Jesus because it is perfect. It is what I need. It's what saved me. And why would I go anywhere else? So I'm going to expect God to do what he said and what he promised. 
which is that he will never leave me nor yeah. forsake me. Yeah. So it feels like he's gone. It feels like he's distant. It feels like he's not listening, but he's there. Yeah. And so I'm going to sit tight and expect for him Very to move. Good. You got to be expectant. I, are you a, I will see type of person. Mm. Because that's the type of faith we need to have if we are going to see what's on the other side of our waiting. Second thing is this, is you need to have strength. Look what he says in verse 14. He says, wait for the Lord, be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. Before we talk about the strength aspect, let's talk about the fact that he repeated, wait for the Lord twice. And that's important to see because David is trying to say, okay, hey, look, wait for the Lord. Yes, be strong and take heart. That's important. But don't forget. Make sure you wait for the Lord. And so you have to understand, what is the definition? What does it mean biblically? What's the biblical principle, the definition of waiting for the Lord? So Tony Evans, I think, brought out, I mean, he's a hero of the faith. He has, I think, the greatest definition of what it is to wait for the Lord. And it's this. Waiting for the Lord is to not go outside of God to resolve your issue. Very good. I'll say that again because this is huge. Waiting for the Lord, what it's defined as is to not go outside of God to resolve your issue. Meaning, don't take matters into your own hands. That you get so impatient that you're going to go outside of God and say, God, you're taking a little bit, so I'm going to go this direction. I'll handle it. You know, keep doing what you're doing, but I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to help you, God. I'm going to, I'm going to help you do this. And what happens is, if we're not careful, we interrupt a divine intervention. We get in the way and God's like, oh my gosh, if you just, if you just would have waited a couple more days, if you would have waited a couple more minutes, if you would have waited a couple more, just one more year, your, your miracle, your blessing, your opportunity, it was right around the corner, but you had to get in the way. And so we got to be careful that when we wait on the Lord, we just, we, we sit tight, not passive, but expectant, knowing that God's timing is perfect. He's with us. And I have no power to make his process go faster. And if I do that, what I'm really doing is cutting away from my divine intervention that I've been waiting for, that I've been, that I've been hoping for, that I've been anticipating for, and making it seem longer. Do not go outside of God to resolve your issue. And then the strength aspect is, the strength is the simplest. It's, it takes a lot of strength to wait. It takes a lot of strength to say no to when people are telling you you should be doing things ASAP, right away. Let's go. Let's do it. Why are you waiting on God? Go ahead and date that guy. Go ahead and date that girl. Make that investment. Do that job opportunity. Yeah. Like, just like just go. Pick that college. What are you waiting for? They're going to do all this and this. And you can start hearing the voices of all these people. And it's going to take tr- strength to say, no, I'm waiting on God. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Not that those people are wrong, but really we have to look at ourselves and say, okay, who created this universe? Them or God? I'm going to go with God. And God has the perfect timing in the right path for me. And I appreciate you guys. Thank you for that advice. But I'm going to wait because I feel in my heart God has not given me the answer yet. And it's going to take strength because I really believe it's easier to listen to the loud voices of people than listening to the quiet whisper of God. And society is very loud right now. You go on social media, you go on the news, and it's very loud about things, about all things culture, all things political. And you can get so caught up in listening to all these voices when God's saying, hey, I'm trying to tell you something. And you can't listen to me. And, and it's going to take strength to, tr- strength to say, oh, you know, I'm going to turn the volume of this right here. I'm, I'm going to put it down yeah. so I can spend time with God because I know God it's ultimately has the best things for me. Yes. And you can say, okay, Phil, expectation, strength, that's great. That all sounds awesome for preaching, but, but you don't know my struggle. You don't know my situation. I've been waiting a long time, and I have been expectant, and I have been strong. But I can only be so expectant and so strong for so long. Mm. Like, where is God? W- what's he doing? Because I'm doing everything you say, but, but nothing is happening. And I'm tired and I'm just, I'm not strong anymore. And I, I kind of want to throw in the towel. Can I encourage you that, that the verse I'm about to read in Isaiah, it, it shows Isaiah's struggle with that same thing. 
Isaiah, a prophet who was somebody that God chose to speak to his people, almost like a megaphone of, hey, God, what, what do you want to say to your people? God would say it to the prophet. The prophet would say it to the people. So Isaiah being a prophet, he's in this place of like, like the people are going crazy. Things are happening all over the place. And God, where are you? Your people are going nuts. There's idolatry. Like, where are you? And he says it in these verses. And he feels like he's been waiting on God to make a change and to save his people. And God's taking his sweet time and he's about to give in. You have to understand, prophets, they got a lot of, they got a lot of heat because they were, they were messengers of God, speaking to people that really didn't care about God. And what he was telling them was like, hey, you need to get right. God's coming. You need to get right. Judgment's coming. And they're like, dude, we don't listen to you. We don't listen to you. Like, and so he's in this place of tension, of, of stress, of like, God, I'm putting my neck out for you, and I feel like you're not doing the same for me. And so here he's frustrated, and then God reminds him in these passages of something we need to have hope in when our waiting season comes. And it says this. It's Isaiah 40. Verses 27 through 31 says this. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and my right is discarded by my God. There he is. It's like, like, why do you say this, and you don't pay attention to me, God? Like, where are you? 28, verse 28, God responds to Isaiah, and he's responding to us, and he's saying this. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youth shall faint, be faint and grow, be weary, and young men shall feel exhausted. Look what it says in verse 31. I want you to highlight this whole thing, underline it if you can. It says this, but those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles, and they shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Amen. While you're waiting for the Lord, get ready because you're going to have a renewal of strength. On, yeah. like, like Isaiah is like, I'm stressed out, God. What's yeah. going on? I'm waiting. I'm waiting. God's like, hey, guess what? I'm going to renew your strength. I'm, 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 I'm with you. I'm for you. Don't, 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 don't think I'm abandoning you. Like, yes, you're waiting because I have something happening behind the scenes that you don't really know about and I'm worrying about it because I'm God and you're not. But trust me, you're going to be strengthened to keep yeah. pushing. It's crazy. I love the illustration that, that that God used about eagles because the funny thing about eagles is they have a weird, it's, a, it's an interesting process when it comes to uh, creating their nests and raising their eaglets. Uh, a mother eagle, what she'll do is before she hatches her eggs, when she's preparing the nest, she doesn't start with soft objects. She starts with sharp objects. She'll get thorns and she'll get rocks and she'll get uh, uh, twigs and other sharp objects. And that's how she starts as the base of the nest. Then she'll get softer materials like wool, fur, and other things to, to kind of pad it for the, the hatch process. So when the, when the nest is done, the eagle, she, she, she lays the eggs, the eggs hatch. And as the eaglets start to getting to fly age, what she starts to do is, is she picks away at the soft parts, the wool, the fur. And, and what happens is she's getting irritation with the eaglets. And the eaglets are like, this is uncomfortable. What happened? This is not, I don't, this is not the greatest house ever. I need a new mom. What, what's going on here? Like, like there's irritation. There's uncomfortable. It's, it's, I need to find a new place. And so what the eaglets do is because they're so uncomfortable, they're so irritated, they jump off. Now, it's crazy because they don't know how to fly. And so what the mother does is when the eaglets jump and when they're falling and they can't control themselves, she swoops down with her talons, grabs them, puts them back on the nest and goes, hey, try again. And what God's trying to do with us is when we're in a waiting season, we feel like throwing in the towel, we feel like falling and we feel like giving up. What the scripture says that he swoops down like eagle's wings, picks us up and says, hey, I'm not going to change your waiting season, but I'm reminding you that I'm with you. That, that, that you're going to have to wait and I promise you it's going to be worth it. 
So you better believe I'm not going to let you fall. I'm not going to let you crash. I'm not going to let you die. I'm just going to remind you that when you feel tired, I'm going to give you a renewal of strength and say, hey, I'm with you. Because, man, when you weigh, you feel, oh, my, like, you're just like, it, it's, 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 it's tough. And you're like, God, how much do I have to weigh him? It's been years. It's been years. It's been years. Am I going to get COVID? Am I next? Like, how much longer? Like, one, are you going to do something? And God's saying, hey, I'm going to have you wait a little bit longer because I'm doing something on the inside of you. But I'm going to help you because you're not going to fall because you have a purpose because you have a life ahead of you. I'm with you. I'm for you. And so we have to make sure that we don't feel like we're abandoned because in reality, the scripture says that those who wait, we're going to get renewed strength. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And so what do we do? Because here's the truth. Waiting on God is frustrating, but it can also be transforming. Wow. And I believe this, our waiting season, the moment that we're in in history right now, as a church, as a family, as in your personal life, where we are right now, this is God transforming us to be the best church we can be for our city. Yeah. To be the best father you can be for your home. To be the best mother, the best son, father, co-worker, whatever. I believe it. I believe it that God is, is doing something in us as a nation. And it's in this waiting season that we're going to be transformed. I believe that God is developing us. He's growing our trust. He's protecting us. He's making us less demanding when we wait. So there's things that are happening. I believe that waiting has a purpose. And the main one is to build you up spiritually. So as we wrap up, there's three quick things that waiting does. And there's a ton of things waiting does, but I think these are the three main ones that I think waiting will do in this season of our life. And the first one is that waiting builds our trust. Simple as that, that when we wait, we have to decide, do I trust God or do I not? Or do I trust more the culture and what society says about what my future holds? Or do I trust God with my future? So when you wait, you have to ask yourself, do I trust God or do I not? Because I ask God for something and I don't know when it's coming. Or I ask God for something and he hasn't given me what I wanted. And the truth is, in the waiting season, if God doesn't provide something you asked for or you didn't get, there's got to be a reason. And you have to trust that his reason is the best reason. For example, there may be something you asked for. One of the reasons is you probably don't need it. Maybe there's something that you want, but maybe it's not good for you. Maybe there's something that you need right now, but maybe it's not the right time. There's a reason behind your waiting. You have to trust God that he knows more and what's best for us. Second thing is this, that waiting builds our patience. Simple as that. We live in an impatient society. So it's, it's only right for God to say, I need you to learn how to be patient because my, the kingdom mindset, the kingdom thinking isn't fast food mentality. It's not get it when you want it, get it, you got to have it. Like, no, no, it is, you have to wait for some things. So build your patience. You, I believe this, you never waste time waiting on God. Never waste time waiting on God. So be patient and don't look at it as like, oh my God, I'm wasting my life. I'm going to be 40 and I'm going to be single still. No, 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 just wait. Wait, because the right thing that you wanted is on the way. And it's going to be better than what you think or what you even wanted in the first place. So don't feel like you're wasting time waiting on God. Third and final thing is that waiting builds our anticipation. Waiting builds our anticipation. It, it reminds me of like, like waiting for the next big blockbuster movie to come out. The hype around it, watching the trailer, seeing the social media buzz. And you're like, oh my God, I can't wait till this movie comes out. I have it on my calendar. I got my IMAX tickets ready to go. I can't wait. I can't wait. But when it's a movie, we don't complain, but when it's God, we think it's the end of the world. Wow, wow, wow. So for me, it's just like, no, I want that same mindset that when I ask God for something, I'm going to be anticipating for that thing to come because I know it's going to be incredible. It's going to be amazing. Just like us right now, online church is amazing. I love online church. I love getting together with everybody, what we're doing at youth, what we're doing as a church, how we're helping people. But come on, that anticipation when we meet together in person, it's going to be incredible. It's going to be awesome. 
but we got to do it the right way, yeah. and it's got to be God's timing. Yeah, that's good. And so right now, let God build your trust, let Him build your patience, and let that build of anticipation give you give you hope and joy for the future and not negativity. Yeah. And so, what do we do? We got to learn how to wait because it's going to help us learn how to walk in the next season. And so I, I don't know about you, but I think in a message like this, you could say, "Well, Phil, I've been waiting on God my whole life. I'm waiting for God to do something." But in reality, I think for those of us that don't know who God is, who don't have a relationship with Him, in reality, He's waiting on you. I think He's waiting on you to make a decision to to go all in on Him, to say, "I want more of You, God. I want I want to be saved. I want I want to I want to surrender my life and give everything to You." I think a lot of us, we're, we're, we have one foot in and one foot out, and we haven't fully surrendered to our will, our will to God's. And how do we do that? Simple. It's through Jesus. Only through Jesus. The Bible says that Jesus is the, is the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody gets to the Father except through Jesus. And so now's your, not, now's your time not to wait anymore. You can make a decision that will change your life forever, and all you have to do is accept and believe with your mouth that Jesus, the King of kings, our Savior, the Son of God, who down the cross for our sins, he was dead for three days and rose from the graves of life. If you believe that and you feel it in your spirit that this is this is something you are all in for, then you'll be saved. If you confess that, if you if you make a decision like I want that new life, Jesus, I want to accept your resurrection, I want to accept salvation. If you do that, you will be saved. That's the only way to get back to get to God. And so, what do you have to do, Phil? What, what's what's the next step? Well, what you have to do is just make a make a public decision. In the privacy, starting from the privacy of your heart. And so the decision that you made, okay, I want, I, want to, I want to get to know Jesus. I want Jesus in my life. Now what I'm going to ask you to do is this. If, if you're bold enough, if, you're, if you feel okay, right where you're at, in your home, your living room, your kitchen, wherever you're watching, if you could just do this prayer out loud. And there's something powerful about this prayer. It's not like a prayer that saves you, but it's you for the, for the first time in your life saying, Jesus, I'm all in. I'm a sinner. I've messed up. I've made bad decisions. I don't have it all together. And I don't want to live a life like this anymore. And I want to give my life into your hands. Because I know it's the best decision I can make. And that's the power behind this prayer. So wherever you're watching, I want you to pray this. I'm going to pray it with you. And we're all going to pray it in here as a, as a staff, as a family. We're going to be praying with you so you're not by yourself. So wherever you're watching, repeat after me. It goes like this. Lord Jesus, I open my heart. I invite you inside to be my friend to be my Savior, to be my God. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me clean. From this day forward, I want to follow you all the days of my life. Jesus, help me to wait on you no matter how long it takes because you know best and because you love me. So I thank you and I love you. Let your name I pray. Amen. 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 Congratulations. We're so, so excited for this next journey that you're taking with Jesus. I really believe that the prayer that you just did right now, it is going to change your world because now you have invited the, the King of Kings, Jesus, the one who died on the cross for us, who, who rose, the miracle worker is now in your life. And so the answer you've been looking for is now in your heart. 
And so here's what we want to do. As a church, we're so excited. We're so pumped for you. We want to give you the best resources that we can to help you on this journey because we know there's a lot of questions where you're like, okay, what, what's, what do I do now that I have Jesus living inside of me? What, what does that even mean? Like, we get it. There's questions, and that's okay. That's, that's, that's awesome. And so what we want to do is, if you can, can you text decided to the number on the screen below? And it's going to take you less, literally not even take you five minutes. And what we want to do is give you a free Bible, a free resource that you can read and understand how much Jesus loves you and everything he has for you. I believe that having a Bible for your own, especially during this waiting season, as you can read it, as you can grow and learn it, is awesome. So make sure you do that. It's going to be an amazing decision, and we'll get you a free Bible and also let you know about everything that's happening at Calvary so you can feel part of it with connect groups and Sunday services, all that good stuff, and keep you in the loop because now you're part of the family. You're stuck with us, and uh, we love you so much, and we're so pumped for you. But church... It's a waiting season, and uh, we don't know how long we're going to have to keep on waiting, but we know that God is doing something in us. So let's let's be expectant, let's be strong, and believe that on the other side of this, we're going to be the greatest version of, of a church of ourselves personally we've ever seen. And so we're excited about what God's going to do. But real quick, uh, we're not done yet. We got one more worship song. So wherever you're at, get, get, the, get the jitters out, you know what I'm saying? Like get ready to worship, get excited, and let's leave celebrating everything that Jesus has done. Love you, church. Love you, church. Done. Love you, church.